to a special episode of One Shot, One Quill. Ben, <clears throat> I guess really I should introduce Ben. You're my co-host. Uh, I am the other co-host, whose I, name is Spencer. I was going to do a vampire voice, but I realized I can't do one. <laughs> well, and you probably also noticed that nothing would be scarier than me attempting to intro this podcast. Oh, yes. No, I played a year of Curse of Strahd with you, and I do not think that we would survive on iTunes, even with an explicit tag, if you attempted to do your Strahd <laughs> voice. Now, here is... Here's what we're doing this week. You might be looking at the tagline and seeing seeing horror themes abound. Why are we doing a spooky episode in the middle of May, Ben? Well, Spencer, uh, everyone knows that number one, May 18th, is in fact Nega Halloween. But also, uh, <laughs> earlier today, Wizards of the Coast released the Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Indeed they did. Now... For folks that may not understand uh, the book that has come out on this nega Halloween, Van Richten's Guide is a supplement to all horror-themed games you may want to run in Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and it centers itself around what are called Demiplanes of Dread. Um, Demiplanes of Dread, which is kind of what we're going to focus this episode around, are these pocket dimensions that exist within the greater Shadowfell usually prisons for whoever's inside them. Once you're in one, it's hard to get out of it. And they are concentrated around and spawned by immense tragedies. Or they've been swallowed up by the uh, actions of nearby demiplanes of dread. So they more or less hit niches of horror and tragedy and dark fantasy. Curse of Strahd, for example. Curse of Strahd is a Dracula adventure. It's all about gothic horror. It's got a little bit of pepperings of, of body horror and all that inside it. But Curse of Strahd is vampire lusting after busty babe. Also, there's werewolves here. Go nuts. Other domains of dread include one that's uh, Vlad the Impaler on a never-ending war, and he's immortal. Um, <laughs> I think that the horror of that one is feudalism. But... <laughs> Pretty sure there's a Frankenstein one. Uh, there's there's this village. Everyone has amnesia. And also there's like a abandoned house up on the hill. That's the shitty sequel to the 80s Curse of Strahd. <laughs> and nobody likes to talk about that one. Uh, yeah. So we're taking that idea. We're taking a little bit of a page out of Van Richten's guide. Uh, and instead of doing our normal one plot line, two items, uh, we're taking... Uh, a bit from the Van Richten's guide and taking a genre of horror from the book. We are again rolling a plot line and we're rolling two items from the gothic trinket table that's included within Curse of Strahd. And we're going to bang up a little Domain of Dread themed one shot for you. And it may come out as a... um. Kind of like a B-side, like a rejected Demiplane of Dread, which is, nothing's oh. more classic horror than low budget. Spencer, it will garbage. come out as a rejected plate of dread. I mean, don't. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's remove the ambiguity here. It, it is guaranteed to um, keep your socks on and slightly damp. They're not getting knocked off. Let's start yeah. with our, with our uh, premise from our uh, regular old list. Yeah, we that need is... a regular old premise. Uh, how about a 15? All right. Catacombs have opened beneath the city, guarded by ancient undead who let no one pass. 
All right, that is fantastic for this. I was a little worried. I'll be honest. I was a little worried we were going to get like girl loses dog and needs help. And we'd have to come up with some, you know, real big. uh... You've already. Here's the thing. You're pitching that like it would have been a worst case scenario. Now I want to write Wizard of Oz Demiplane of Dread. That's got to be real already, right? Uh, That movie was a horror fest. Uh, you want to let's let's roll up our two trinkets. Let's supplement this. We got a, a four <laughs> of all numbers. We got a four. You know what? <clears throat> that, my friend, is a lock that opens when blood is dripped into its keyhole. Very, very cool. I'm just going to uh, take a minute to call out the Curse of Strahd authors. <laughs> How is that a trinket? <laughs> uh, at Chris Perkins. On Twitter. Uh, I I mean, I don't, I mean, it's just weird that that's something you stumble into. It, like you've, you've, <laughs> I don't know, killed a werewolf and in its commoner pocket is, is it, is it locking up a greater object or do they just have a padlock they've been hanging on to for like 10 years? How do I open this? I mean, make no mistake. I am excited to incorporate this into the catacombs where the undead are. No, it's perfect. Once again, like fate is lining up here. But... but- <laughs> just imagine you're running Curse of Strahd and we're in Argenvost Holt or whatever and we kill one of the night boys and then they're like ah also I had this lock <laughs> Good does new- it come with an instruction manual <laughs> or are you supposed to like just just play the guessing game for four hours at the table <laughs> I would sooner suggest pissing in the lock before bleeding into it I don't if it was just an illustrated drop going into it, I'm just saying. Ugh. I mean, I guess it's good for, do vampires bleed? Vampires bleed. What am I talking about? This doesn't, what is, okay, uh, next item. <laughs> we could be here all night. <sighs> uh, our next item is a 77. 77. Snake eyes. <clears throat> Small worn book. Of children's nursery rhymes. Okay, Creepy. not quite as, not quite as Pirates of the Caribbean as Bloodlock, but small worn book of children's nursery rhymes. Drip, drip, drop. The rain did drip. Here's how you get into this big bad crypt. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> so we have. We have a bloodlock. We have a book full of kids' nursery rhymes. I feel like we can make, depending on what genre we get, that could be like a tragic. Mm-hmm. I don't know the big the big bad's daughter had this. I don't. Let's let's figure out that genre. Maybe this is all going to make sense. <clears throat> let's uh, give me give me a d six. Yeah, we have a six. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is gothic horror. So. Straight out of the pages of of Curse of Strahd. That's your your vampires, your werewolves. Very classic, I would say, like nineteen fifties, nineteen forties horror. So 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 let me just uh, let me try to set the scene here. So the party ends up in the domains of dread somehow. Not important. That can be determined by the DM probably walking through some mysterious mists. I don't know if there are other ways to enter it. They fall in a puddle. Like that one vine. If I may, if we're just spitballing, okay. a, uh, a, a, a Domains of Dread entry point could be you were buried alive 
Uh, like they, oh, they Jesus. didn't, you, you were the victim of a tragic misunderstanding. The mortician didn't realize you weren't fully dead. You were buried alive. And when you pounded on the coffin long enough, eventually a grave digger unearths the dirt, throws open the lid. And, uh, you find yourself in far from the same land you went into the ground in. So, okay. Number one, terrifying. Number two. Thank you. G- cool as shit. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you end up in these domains of dread. I think it is all, it's probably a small one, maybe an island or something, but it's centered around this one city that I'm going to steal from every goddamn horror thing ever and call Paris. Paris. <laughs> I'm was, almost serious. I, I mean, I was thinking the Parisian catacombs. I was going to say sanctuary, which is uh, something I'm literally stealing from Diablo 3, I believe. But uh, no, it's Paris now. It's called Paris, but Paris colon no, not that one. Oh, what if uh, what what if like on all the signs? Because I'm picturing dystopian as as yes. you might. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm picturing that the town of Paris, uh, all of the signs that mention the town by name have been edited to to call it Parish. <laughs> Ooh, Parish is actually very good because that's like a, a a priest thing, a parish. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. A nice doublanton. Very Parisian. So you get there by being (laughs) buried alive. You get to the city of Parish, which is spelled like P-A-R-I-S-H, but is pronounced as they're pronounced the same way. P-R-I-S-H. It's really it's really a written joke. <laughs> it's a I don't imagine the locals like, oh, I welcome to Parish. <laughs> now I want it to be clear I'm saying that with an E because it's very tongue-in-cheek. We're having fun here. Look, all the vampires will tell you it's spelled with an A, but let me just, us around here, we say <laughs> Parish more like Parish, am I right? If you can't tell, more than wanting to do this double entendre name joke, Ben and I actually just couldn't do French accents, and so we pivoted away in any any means possible. So, the town of Parish, I think, are, are we going with it as a vampire problem, or is it an undead problem? Uh, it's, I think, undead. I think okay. undead works fine. So, Gothic really just refers to the, the oldest horror genre. So, I think the problem here is that people... Now, this is going to seem like I'm stealing from Curse of Strahd. People don't die, but they're not reborn. They just don't die. (laughs) Okay. When they're dead, they turn into undead, and then their job is to deal with the crypt. Interesting. Okay, so... When you die, what does that process look like? Do you, Are you technically dead for a short time and then you come back? Now, within here's, a- here's what I'm thinking, just to make it, just to give it a parallel to the way you enter. You die, you're buried, and then within a week, you dig yourself back out of the coffin and then you're undead and you go down into the crypt or catacomb or whatever. Okay, so you're meant to you're meant to break yourself out. That that's an arduous process, mm-hmm. I will say. And if that, you're a wimp, that's not easy. Or maybe the grave digger does it. Maybe the grave digger does it when you beat on the coffin, and that is why he comes and gets you out. Actually, I like that better. Um, I like that a lot because the tone shift mm-hmm. is when you're describing the horror of being buried alive, and the dude that just dug you up is so nonchalant about it. Like, well, anyway, I'm the guy that checks you into the Airbnb. And maybe, maybe he leads you down to the catacombs or where the catacombs are. 
but then they don't let you in because you're not dead. I love that. I love that. And so maybe once they pull you out and they start getting you checked in, um, if you if you want your person to be, this seems like a good for a for a one shot. Give your players the option of being native to the place, in which case they did recently die and they're being dug back up and they're suffering from, you know, what's called the uh, 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 there's got to be a fun colloquial name for it. It's basically amnesia from once you come back as undead, um, which is why they won't have any context. I think it's got to be if they're from the plane, just to make it make sense with the story, then Mm -hmm. uh, they come back. They are reborn, but they are not undead. So it's okay. like this weird thing that has happened to just anyone in the party. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, okay. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. We got we got a bunch of different options coming in here. That's also a good way to incorporate uh, new to Van Richten's guide as a new player race option, or I guess they, they call it a lineage, I think, but an option to take your character, whatever race they are, and add a sub race to them called Reborn. Mm. Um, very good opportunity to let that shine. Hey, Wizards of the Coast, we're doing all your goddamn work for you here. (laughs) (laughs) Please hire me. Give me money. I'll do an unpaid internship. I'm serious. Just just (laughs) reach out. Hit me up. Hit my mobile. Um, So you are brought out of the graveyard. You're given the the lowdown. Basically the, hey, welcome back to Parish. Here's what you don't remember. Do they explain to you once you're there that... You know, something strange and unusual is happening at this point that, hey, we've got the crypts are active again and we need they're they're blocking something out. What's what do you think is the local understanding of what's happening with these crypts? I mean, I I think maybe they're not newly like the undead that guard aren't like new undead. Maybe this is just something that has been going on for, you know, a long time and they think nothing of it. Okay, so there's got to be some kind of hook then that encourages the players to go to those catacombs at some point. Is there anything? Because mm. my mind's been sitting on in the realm of you know distorp, dystopian, in the realm of dystopian, <laughs> dystopian. Welcome to New England. In the realm of you know dystopian plot threads, I feel like Parish might be one of those cities that's run by a. Uh, it, in my head, it's Vatican City. Is I'm picturing Vatican City that's been isolated. No one comes out. <laughs> Sometimes strangers come in. It's overpopulated. All the buildings are run down. They don't get much sun out here. Um, just a miserable, miserable version of Vatican City. So like Vatican City. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, I'm wondering if maybe there's a disparity between the people that get buried in the graveyard and the people that have the privilege of being taken to the crypts. Um, maybe, for example... I don't know. The elites are the ones that get buried in the crypts. I like the idea. Ooh, this could be our quest talk. As far as anyone knows, the people who go into the crypts don't come back as undead because they're never seen again. Um, But the undead people are the ones who decide who goes down into the crypts. So maybe your uh, maybe the quest is some rich noble person is like my daughter just died of a mysterious illness. I need you to go down into the crypt or sneak her down into the crypts so that she does not come back as undead. Interesting. Okay, so he he doesn't want her back as undead. Yeah. Maybe that's where the book comes in. So what's what's your uh, reasoning there? Why why wouldn't they want cuz it sounds to me like you just get your daughter back at that point. Uh, I don't I think the amnesia number 1, but then I think they also 
I think they just kind of guard the crypts until the body decomposes enough that they are an unwelcome sight, and then they go down into the crypts, never to be seen again. So the crypts is a form of permadeath, as far as everyone knows. That's where you can break the cycle and you don't have to come back. Mm -hmm. And so for people that don't deserve to come back, people that uh, uh, are finally done and want to have have ended there kind of like elves once you hit like 400 you're like you know what i could keep going but i'm really i'm just done <laughs> i've seen it i've seen everything okay and it's so it's like a pilgrimage of yeah i'm ready to go um or everyone wants me to go or everyone wants you to go so it's a place for banishing people or for people to just finally give up mm. more or less i like that and, and so to to reach what they believe is their permanent end in the crypts, do you have to fight your way through the undead to get to what's on the other side? Are, are you talking about the players or uh, anybody that that's sent into the crypts? No, um, I think I think that the way it works is that they I think a cool way for it to work would be that they take the corpse when the person dies to the undead that are guarding the gate. And then uh, and then some unknown force makes all of the undead at the same time say whether or not the person is accepted or rejected from the crypts. Okay. And if they're rejected, that's it. Pretty much the, the say, ancient dead just kind of chuck your body back at you and say, take it, we don't want it. Mm-hmm. And then they get buried uh, by the gravekeeper and then they come back as undead. And so is our urgency here that whoever it is that was supposed to be sent down in there, the undead have rejected them and maybe the loved ones like that's not good enough for me. I mm-hmm. want this thing. Okay. Okay. I think the children's book has to somehow relate to the crypts. I think it's got to be and obviously we don't uh we're not mapping out the crypts here, so we don't know exactly what the layout of the crypts is going to be like but i i think the children's book probably gives some sort of cryptic answers as to maybe the center of these catacombs how to get there but it's like cryptic so you know it, it tells you how to get through puzzles and shit but it doesn't exactly tell you how to get through them and you've got to interpret it yourself i see okay and I'm trying to really wrap my head around motivation for the players to want to go into this place. I'm thinking if your players kind of wake up and try and explain to the gravedigger, hey, no, I, I know what you're trying to tell me. I'm not from here. I remember a, a life outside of this place. This is all a misunderstanding. You can say, oh, well, if you if you want out, because <laughs> he knows what out to him means the crypts, mm-hmm. means the permanent death. He may not be so forward as to tell them that. He may let them go down thinking that's a portal out, but that could be a good explanation is don't give them the full page. Maybe don't let them know that's the full extent of why people go into the crypts. Um, let them think it's a dungeon crawl to fight your way out. That could be a decent, again, I'm, I'm always thinking of the antagonistic players that oh, make it so hard to get on a quest. So let's talk about what's actually down there. What are the undead keeping people from? What is pulling the strings? What What is the ultimate goal of only taking the right candidates deeper into the crypts? I think it's got to be some sort of wizard or necromancer or some sort or lich or something that's yeah. in the center of these crypts and is doing it to these people. Probably a lich. I agree. Because that, that feels gothic horror-y. 
Yeah, it could be a lich. It could be an ancient vampire. It could be a mummy lord, <laughs> I guess. Maybe he's just a weirdo and is preserving these bodies to look at. Because I like that because it's weird. He's not. I'm a fan of that. He's not doing anything to these bodies. Maybe he's doing something to the actual dead, which is less than uh, less than desirable. But I think he's taking these bodies as like, ah, oh, these are perfect specimens of the realm, and they need to be preserved for all time. And then when the party gets down there, they have a bit of a weird, you know, do we kill this guy? Because he's not really doing anything evil, other than all of the evil undead. So yeah, they'd probably kill. Him. I've got the only other thing I've got is a uh, a mad scientist, not in like what you described, a guy who's, you know, y- your guy was obsessed with pres- preserving the most beautiful things, mm-hmm. um, which for anybody who doesn't know it, look up Dr. Joseph Nash McDowell. That's like his story to a T, a real man. I heard the story of that on a podcast. It was a history podcast. I wish we could plug it, but we don't do that on the show. Yeah. Uh- um <laughs> And kind of similar to yours, I took mine in a Frankenstein spin um, where this guy is gathering up the most fit candidates because he's creating a and and I mine veers too much towards body horror at the same time. He's creating a flesh giant, let's say mm. um, that he's stitching together the, the perfect specimen to what end. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe he's obsessed with rebuilding the family that he lost, because when I think gothic. I think there is an element of tragedy always mm. um, that has that gives you a m- most minor amount of sympathy to the villain. And maybe what with the children's book of nursery rhymes, this guy is gathering up uh, uh, things that resemble his real family. And he's oh. just trying to get them all pieced back together. And maybe that's the the deep tragedy or whatever I that like spawned that. this demiplane. Maybe he uh, he's like an elf or so. Maybe he's not even a lich. Maybe he's just well, he probably is a lich at this point. Maybe he's like one of the longer lived races and had a family of people or you know a half human family essentially, and so he had to watch all of his family die, and he had to go through that or she, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, girl power. <laughs> girl boss. So, so this uh, this necromancer lich person had to go through seeing all of their family die. And then at the end, they were like, I'm never going to let this happen again. Uh, I need to preserve these uh, these beings, you know, these living people so that I'm not alone forever. And... I think the this is not relating to that, uh, but a fun little thing. I think the lock, the way we incorporate the lock, is that the lock is on the outside of the door to the center bit that uh, the necromancer lich crazy person is in. Uh, yeah, okay. Because it keeps so the- out the undead. The undead have no way of opening it. Um, only a living person can uh, open it. But at the same time, the undead are keeping all the living people out. Exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. Is this a way out? Is finding him and uncovering his his sympathetic, mad goal, is there any way that once you've confronted him and you figure out what all this is about, why this demiplane exists, is there any way out? If you defeat him, does that break the cycle? Does that give a temporary reprieve? I think killing him would definitely let you get out. 
Maybe because I said it's an island before. Maybe it's like there are boats, but if the boats go too far, they just end up sinking. Kind of like in Sea of Thieves. Uh, they just mm-hmm. start sprouting up holes and they sink. So maybe if he's defeated, then uh, you can take a boat out. Uh, okay. Or maybe... Yeah, out the cat. Yeah, I like that. I, I think the other one that might be fun is that he, because it's a domain of dread, he's not actually in control of who gets in and who gets out. The only way to release the domain of dread without killing him is you have to destroy the bodies that he's preserving, uh, which he obviously will not want you to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you have to, I guess, undo all of his experiment. I like this. If I may, if I may tack it on um, Mm -hmm. in case people are struggling to like really specify this villain, Uh, call it cliche and call it my wheelhouse. But I do have a vampire idea here. All right. I feel like our villain here could be a a necromancer who I think is his first mistake was he was so concerned with death, as is kind of the case with a lot of origin vampires. They're they're obsessed with their aging. They don't want to die. This would explain why the rest of his family was mortal and he wasn't, if we don't want to go with the elf route. Um, and maybe, also he lives underground and never sees the sun. Maybe this ancient vampire struck up that bargain for immortality because he was terrified of his death. And his cruel kind of twist to that was, oh, I get to live forever, but my family doesn't. And so one by one, he's watching his family die. Or maybe they're taken by disease. And so he's struck with this madness of, God, I I had all the time in the world, but I can't spend it with anyone I love. And so that's when, in depraved madness, he starts diving into forbidden magic. He gets into necromancy. He starts getting into this blood curse. He starts trying to appeal to the powers that gave him vampirism. Um, He starts doing all the wrong things in a downward spiral. And I think all that concentrated tragedy is where your uh, uh, demiplane of dread spawns out of. Pretty much, you, you make such a sad story in the material plane that creatures in the shadow fell think I'm digging this vibe. And then they just kind of cut and paste you out of the material plane and stick you into the shadow fell and bam, that's how you become a demi plane. I feel like that's a tragedy. That's a very specific story. If you're struggling for one with that in mind, do we have anything else to iron out or do we have uh, the name I mean, left? I think we, we have the name. Uh, l- let me throw this out here. Ravenloft colon <laughs> parish spelled with an e in peril. Ravenloft parish in peril. I think I think we have another. Got it in one. I, I mean, I actually legitimately like this one, <laughs> which can't be said for every single one. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, this was fun. I'm uh, I'm I'm actually beyond stoked to read more of Van Richten's guide uh, as a as a longtime Curse of Strahd DM for multiple different groups and multiple ways that's shaken out. I'm excited to see how I can flesh out that setting, how <laughs> I can delve into other domains. Hey, hey, Spencer, more like flesh golem that out. Am I right? Hey, oh, thank you for joining us on another episode of One Shot, One Quill. You can pick up Van Richten's guide. Hey, no, monsters. no, no, no promoting it. You can't promote it. This is for our promotion purposes, not theirs. Use coupon code <laughs> one shot, one quill. It uh, won't work, but use it. Maybe they'll work with us in the future. I mean, if they see enough people attempted it, they'll be like, there's something to this.
Maybe they'll kick us some sympathy bucks. As always, you can send suggestions for items or prompts, or I guess horror types. We won't use those, but we love to see them. To at D&D pod, that is the letter D, the letter N, the letter D, and then pod, which if you don't know how to spell pod, um, I can't help you. <laughs> you always give such extra attention for the folks that are hung up on how do I spell pod? <laughs> When I feel like the first three letters are the real sticker. At some point, I'll just go D-N-D-P-O-D, but I won't do that now. Yeah, our theme is Ella Tavera del Goulier by Morgan the Bard. Um, anything else? Psh, I don't have anything else. We still need an outro, but... Mm, I would ask if it's too late to redo this one, but I like yeah, it. I I don't think that can be the outro. We say that too often. That's how outros work. It's called consistency. A, B, always be consistent. Always be. Is it too late to restart the outro? (laughs) 